Okay, welcome back everyone to the FPL script. Um, totally forgot how to sort of introduce ourselves, but I'm FPL Fran with my co-host JD or Schadenfreudist on social media platforms X. Um, you'll also find me on YouTube as well, but you know, I just wanted to take this time to really catch up with this game week. We know there's a lot more information really coming from game week 22 perspective. So this episode is really just about looking back on game week 21, reviewing that. Uh, and once again, sort of touching up on our season so far after a pretty long break, it feels like this game week in itself has been extremely long break as, as part of the sort of January stint and um, the way fixtures have been rescheduled uh, for January this time round, which is obviously different to some previous Premier League seasons. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the sort of position. Um, JD, do you have any thoughts before we jump on to our game week 21 review? No, just wanted to say hello to everyone. Uh, we've been away for quite a while, so... As Fran said, we are extremely rusty. I honestly don't remember half the things that we used to do when back when we used to uh, stream regularly. So uh, hopefully uh, people can forgive us if we get some things uh, even more wrong than we usually do. So yeah, uh, welcome everyone. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, you know, starting off with um, our reviews of Gaming 21, mine was actually obviously a very good week. Uh, part of that is because of the Palmer captaincy. We we knew that was a 50-50 swing between Palmer and Saka, but not only Palmer and Saka, but really also, I guess, a 33-33-33 way split between Alvarez, uh, Saka, and Palmer. And if you're, of course, you know, as aggressive as some managers like Flapjack FPL, I suppose it's actually a four-way split. If you, um, you know, priced in, let's say, Darwin's maybe 100% penalty EV, um and the 90 minutes that he also got within the game that he played versus Bournemouth so definitely there were some great captaincy options um in terms of how much effective ownership that can give you and how much effective gain that could have given you this week nothing too painful I'd say yes of course Palmer definitely did outscore Saka a lot but I think that sort of 20 percent sort of threat isn't the worst thing in the world um and a lot of elite managers still ended up with Saka at the end of the day right so it wasn't really the worst thing in the world um to, to have happened when I look at my team, very fortunate, of course, to have such a stellar defense. Um, very jealous still of Estupian owners because actually my decisions in terms of transfers this week was always to sort of limit myself to one free transfer so that I could save up two free transfers for whatever eventuality could sort of come up in game week 22. Um, I instead went for a Foden transfer. So that meant that I sold Sun, uh, went into Foden, as opposed to, for example, going from, let's say, someone like Trent, uh, or even cash, for example, to Estupian. I was even considering that, even though that would sort of force me into a hit this week and give me 22, just because I wasn't certain about Holland News, wasn't certain about Sun or Sala News, and I wanted like maximum flexibility at one point. And looking back, of course, that was sort of hindsight optimal, but um, I'm not too fearful of, let's say, Foden being a bad pick because ultimately he still played 90 minutes versus Newcastle, which was higher expected value. Uh, than as to beyond so in that sort of immediate sort of ev gain or grabbing point of view i felt like the phone transfer was fine and also the news on, on holland still is is pretty poor um, although it seems like he's of course very close to full team training so we have to sort of stay tuned to that but double gaming 25 we also really think is, is basically 99 percent confirmed we're just waiting for an official announcement that doesn't get uh taken down within a few minutes time um to come out Rest of my team, Richarlison and Darwin, obviously my big sort of effective gains um, versus the field. These are picks that I've been owning for a long, long time, so it actually feels good. Richarlison, ironically, was a pick that I jumped on to wildcard eight with, uh, but didn't really enjoy him too much because unfortunately I had to deal with uh, 
um, a Bazuma red card then, but he he has definitely repaid um, me in full, I would say, for sure. Whereas, obviously, you have some players like Sokka and Watkins who, yes, of course, they're absolutely great players and luxury players, but I, I still think, you know, they're very safe and easy owns at this point in time, particularly where it's very unlikely, I think, that we're going to move into a Tumium structure anytime soon. So, um, whilst, you know, the rest of the field, I suppose, is pretty upset about them, I don't really care too much, to be honest. Saka's effective ownership was basically 128%. Um, Watkins was pretty much at 99%. These are players where, you know, they don't really make or, or change anything within my game week. So, totally fine with that. So, that's my team. Uh, how about your team? So... My game week was obviously much worse than France. Uh, much, much worse. I think this was the game week where I had the most negative variance this season because um, if you if I check on FPL optimized for this week, I had was expected to get plus three, I think, over uh, prime sample, and I got minus three. Hmm. So that is, I mean, people could say that that's pretty light. If, yeah, if that yeah. is the worst that that's I've true. experienced this season. <laughs> So yeah. obviously, uh, it, in the context of having a good season, this was my worst game week. But uh, still feels bad because you are kind of used to at least getting um, average scores because that's what I've been getting. So if I check my rank from game week ten to game week twenty one, I have gone down by one k. So I've been fluctuating between twelve mm. k to eighteen k. Yeah, that's the range I've been traversing. I think for. The duration of uh, 12 weeks, which is a long, long time, I think, in the context of the season. But um, I think the problem is the more game weeks go by, it the more difficult it becomes to then catch up to higher ranks because the gap starts increasing between, let's say, the 10k tier and then the 5k tier and 1k tier and so on and so forth. Yeah. So I think, uh, in a sense, I've been enjoying that because uh, people that have been catching up to me also now have a big uh, a bigger and bigger distance to catch up to my score but that also means that i also have a bigger distance now for example i need a week like yours now that's that that's the fact yeah. of the matter like i need a uh, apologies i need a game week like let's say what was your game week like 250k right so mine is like 10 so, times worse than yours essentially because i just saw mine is 2.5 million yeah. on the screen uh, so I, I think that's the only way to gain rank quickly Otherwise, it's a slow grind, and uh, I'm sure you can testify to that as well because you also had kind of a slow grind from getting back from let's say 30, 35k back to now where you are. Uh, was it? Yeah. Is this your highest rank of the season? It is the highest rank of the season, and and, okay. and funnily yeah. enough, it, it's taken since game week three basically to get to my highest rank of the season. So, like yeah. in a while, I've been yeah. watching a lot of people like climb way past me and then i've been able to yeah. sort of claw that back because of a week like this um which is very nice and i think last week as well i had a similar game week rank too but most of the fields the sort of you know analytics field had a great week last week as well which is why of course we saw such good scores even despite for example you know captaincy going wrong for example so yes. we just had very yes. robust teams like i didn't own douglas louise but you know he's like the, the very analytics type of pick that that definitely did extremely well that week and there were a multitude of other ones, like even Palmer, I suppose. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, a lot so. of people, not a lot of people, but a lot of people who owned Douglas Lewis had the decision of whether to bench Palmer or not. And they kind of regretted it instantly That's because, yeah. uh, you know, obviously that. it was, in hindsight, it was a bad decision. But for my team, just to quickly go through it, I had Solanke, who blanked, which is uh, 
I mean, after his 17 points against Forest, I was kind of happy with him. So it's yeah. fine. He has good fixtures to come. It's uh, it's not a he's big deal. He's such an easy hold. I, yeah, I know exactly. it sucks to say it yeah. because it's like you know yeah. he's done nothing recently. But like yeah. even when you're watching the games, there's nothing that makes me think like I I'm very scared of watching mm. Slanky play football. Um, yeah. and that's like yeah. even in a zero four loss, things like that. Like he's getting more than enough chances. I I want to oh, own so Slanky, I, but I just can't. It, it, it's so funny. Um, I was watching the game versus Liverpool, and obviously Liverpool thrashed Bournemouth in the second half. But yeah, there were I think two or three chances where he didn't get a shot off, but he yeah. was right there yeah. in the six yard box. Yeah, there was a ball that would like, just went right past him. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That, that's the one. So uh, that didn't register in terms of XG, but of course that keeps happening in every single game. So I'm not saying that he should ha- get any credit for that. It's just that it's good to see that his average positioning is exactly where you want. Yeah, a striker to be. So as you said, uh, it's an easy hold. Saka captaincy, it feels bad because Palmer's. Yeah, you were points, very but... confident that it was going to be a bad yeah. captaincy before you know Saka yeah. actually yeah. played. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I, I knew it instantly because again, it's not uh, that you know the. I'm not saying that you know it's because I captained him. It's because <laughs> it's just the narrative. It's the perfect FPL narrative that. One yeah. uh, FPL asset who is 100% plus does well, mm. and there's a weak gap, and then there's all this build-up of, oh, now all Saka yeah. captains are feeling feeling it that, okay, come uh, on, it's my captain's turn now. Yeah, and then obviously, yeah. it's like, it's a big dirt, and that's exactly what happened. So, that's that. I think Estupinian is the only positive, because Pinak has been probably the worst <laughs> FPL by, for in my FPL playing history, I think. So it's been so bad that I was telling Fran before we started streaming that his expected value for the double game week is 2.1 with 90 minutes, which is sounds ludicrous to me because yeah. on the face of it, you expect at least four or around four just because of the playing uh, minutes you get, like mm. four points for playing 290s. Yeah, yeah. But because the projected goals against Brentford must, must be, be so high. Yeah. Exactly. That it's uh, really, it's really terrible. I think I might have to even bench him for the double game week and play single game week players over him. That would be something, yeah. something uh, that has I would, never I would still before. play him though, probably just, for, yeah, just yeah. for the vibes because yeah. it's like exactly, exactly. You're, because you're I'm sort of, hopeful. I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hoping for a goal or something like that. That's always the that's always the case. And with Estupinian, even though Estupinian did score points, I am a transfer behind everyone else now. So, uh, because I had to use both so? my free transfers. Okay. Yeah, because I used both my free transfers and I don't have Trent. And Trent is fit, which was always going to happen. I knew the risks of doing that. Uh, I but, guess the I mean, I mean, the thing, thing is, we, we are going to sort of like reach a period where a lot of people have blanks. And I think you the thing yes. about it is, to be honest, you can keep him through this entire period and you can play him this entire run. So, like... Fair, fair, fair. But yeah. it's a decision, right? I'm locked into a decision. As That's you true. said, you have yeah. two free transfers and... The reason you kept two free transfers is because you didn't want to commit to a strategy. Yeah, I think I that's... have committed to a strategy by doing this move now. That's true, and, is... and I, yeah, I, yeah. I I appreciate it. But for example, when I look at your team, you know, like a lot of people are going to be looking at Solanke and thinking, um, you know, he's a sell. But in reality, like for me, when I look at your team, you're you're a transfer up on me with Solanke. Um, yeah, and, and I look at, for example, like Pinnock, and and I I think he he sort of resembles like what Maddie Cash is to me, basically someone who's yeah, exactly. just I an absolute fraud, exactly basically yes. useless. And, and the problem about Pinnock too, is he's, you, you're forced to play him every time he's yes. got a good home fixture um, because you take that chance. Mm-hmm. But I mean, can we talk about, so I, I sent you a DM, but this is obviously just between the two of us. I mean, we, we like, we do really like PSXG. I think we talk about it probably more yeah. often than anything. 
Um, also, shout out to the keeper from Las Palmas, by the way, who is oh absolutely setting the world alight yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. with a brilliant season of PSXG uh, per 90. So do have yeah. a feel free to look at, for example, big five European stats and and see where he ranks up um, this season. Even compare it to, for example, some of the previous La Liga or Premier League seasons. It's insane numbers right now. But going back to that, I mean, the player who's on the opposite end of that coin, uh, Mark Flecken. Like, oh my god! Is it a skill issue? Is what I asked you um, to own Flecken. No, and as I said, because I own Pinnock, I <laughs> I really am biased. And yeah. even though I own Pinnock, I am I want to say yes, just because <laughs> I had the choice of buying Flecken back way back in game week ten right. wildcard, right? And I did, I chose not to, yeah, just because of his. I mean, you know, ten weeks PSXG or yeah. nine weeks PSXG is nothing. Because I think he missed a game and Strakosha had to play or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, amounts to nothing. But at the same time, I just didn't feel the need to get Flecken. Because then you would, as you said, exactly that. You are forced to play that keeper against easier opponents. Yeah. And that's what uh, Flecken owners are experiencing right now. Mm. They have to bench Areola for every single tough fixture. And in the last three fixtures, Areola has returned 8, 10 and 11 points. And they had to play Flecken instead. So... You know, that's the problem when you buy, let's say, like a 4.5 plus goalkeeper, you are forced to play him because the whole point of owning him is to play him whenever you can. So mm. it is know, a bit criminal, I mean, though, though, right? Yeah. Like 0.48 yeah. PS6 cheaper 90. That's yeah. that's the I think top bottom three in Europe. Top, top leagues. Oh, my yeah. God. I think he's up there with Turati, a keeper from from Italy um, oh, and really? an, another Italian keeper. Yeah, minus zero point four eight. That's like um, that's crazy. So yeah, yeah. like my, minus like half a goal every single game. That's Com comfortably the worst mental. in the Premier League. Like for, for context, for example, you know Steele, who is like two two or three keeper rankings, um, you know above him, has minus zero point two two. So um, <laughs> there is a significant drop off uh, in shot stopping, and and you know it is one one season of sample size, but. Um, yeah, that's been interesting to sort of watch Brentford because when you look at, for example, where they chart, you know, in a team XGC rank, it's still ludicrously high. And also, you have to look at some of the games too. Like, I think the Wolves game is such a good example where, I mean, he is getting trolled by his teammates as well. Yes, like, I think yes. there were like three straight Collins mistakes. Um, so we yeah. can't be all, all fleck and, you know, we, 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 we can say that, but there's something there, um, when you're conceding that much and, and, um, compared to your expected numbers. So, um, just a funny yeah. little aside, of course, because we still own some defenders yeah. that I think we have some issues with. And of course, you know, Walker is that sort of candidate on Gaming 22, where, you know, regardless of what, what really comes up, you know, information wise, I, I think, I don't, I don't know if, you know, you'd be leaning towards Walker at all um, as a yeah, transfer this absolutely. week. Yeah, yeah because, so the thing is, um, just uh, just to round up, uh, round out the point I was talking about, the transfer that I am behind, I am kind of hoping that Holland is fit because I have kept money in the bank to do Alvarez to Holland in one move. Mm. And a lot of people haven't done that. So they yeah. have to sell Salah. Yeah. And so the moves are, for example, Salah to Eze and uh, Darwin or Alvarez back to Holland or Watkins to Holland, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So there are a lot of moves being uh, talked about in in um, in that area. So I already own Eze. So you were mentioning all the players that you can see on the screen. But I think the one asset oh, that people one, yeah. will be trying to buy yeah. is Eze. And just like 
maybe you your matter uh, cash redemption arc will be complete in the future my aza arc is complete hopefully next week because i kept him all throughout his injury when of course right. the the optimal play was to sell him because he was injured and mm. there was no time frame or there was no concrete time frame on when he would come back right so i just had fires to put out every single week and he just left as a consequence of that just as so, a question though would it not be a bit depressing to find out that that as he goes big on the week where people finally jump on him and and you've been owning all this time yeah fair, fair. but also when would i play him right that so i could have played him against brentford to be fair and mm. i chose to play solanke against spurs so that's maybe right. um mistake on but the problem is it's not even a mistake because it was a 50-50 decision it's literally they had the same ev yeah so i mean you have to choose based on what do you think is going to happen and i thought if anything there was a chance that eze would get less minutes because he's still coming back from an injury so he would get maybe 85 sure. but solanke was of course going to get the full game and uh, funnily enough solanke got injured in that game and then hobbled about the pitch for about 50 60 minutes of he the game he did seem fine at the end of the game i think did, I, i think as a solanke owner you might have been a little bit too upset because he came i think back from half time and looked fine um if i recall no 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 no, no uh, uh I think I'm basing that on the fact that he wasn't even in the squad for the FA Cup fixture. Yeah, that's true. That's the only thing I was basing that on is that I I felt that there was at least some niggling injury there that they thought maybe let's not uh, right. take a risk with, yeah. with him. And you But see him right. get yeah. subbed off at 82 minutes versus Liverpool, but yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. The game was gone, right? Were they Absolutely, it was 4-0 still. Right? Yeah, 4-0. 4-0 down. Oh, there, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was only 4-0 at 82. No, no, yeah, Darwin yeah. scored after 90. Oh no, I think yeah, it might have been three yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either two nil or three nil. But anyway, the game was gone, so you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, sorry. Uh, shout out to Gabriel, by the way, because uh, that was massive. And really? it was massive because it's not that we own Gabriel and it's great. It's yeah. just that anyone who did not own Gabriel has been absolutely buried. So it's like it's helping eliminate competition. <laughs> right. I think right. that's the only benefit of of halls like that. Yeah. That's um yeah. that's pretty disgusting for me but yeah. yeah. We'll take that. Um <laughs> The thing is I I guess you have to be such a specific you have to be in such a specific sort of draft to not have Gabriel in your team. Um yeah. maybe of course it's it, you're you're the type of manager who's owned to leave all this time and, and and just you know by share of share of unluckiness you've only been sort of keeping one Arsenal because I guess if you own Raya mm. you could own double defense there and maybe Technically I think even a couple of weeks back before Gabriel's been doing the points if we're being honest we'd probably still pick Saliba if we had a if we had a blank check right um so that's been a bit tough I think for some people who might just have Saliba um but you know um JD says hold that um no uh, first of all he's paraphrasing me but also the other thing is uh, there are people I know I've seen that own Saka and Odegaard as well so oh, mm. Yeah, and you've been you've been cribbing about uh, the fact that review is I, pushing Odegaard I couldn't on the throat. For couldn't do it. Couldn't go to Odegaard's. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think I'd be very happy with myself. Exactly, uh, making that exactly. decision. Yeah, there there, uh, there is no evidence, and and this the Odegaard's example is is like one of the best examples I think to showcase the uh, is it that the player position or a change in player role has affected his um, xG output. Yeah. Or is it that it's a one-off season? And I, I think because his what five seasons pre previous to the previous season have all been very very average XG XA seasons. Absolutely average. Yeah. Last season was the so, only one where it was 
you could even argue good um yeah exactly yeah. so there was no reason for me to think oh this is just going to continue now yeah. and uh, our, both of our actions show it that this is not a hindsight thing that we had the chance to buy odegaard and both of us bought foden so i think that's the only evidence you need yeah i mean of yeah. course yes there's been an uptake on on his underlying stats but you know we are still yeah. at the end of the day 21 games in into the season so we've seen enough i think to to also say it's not like odegaard is like a must have pick yes of course there's like there's clean sheet probabilities baked in there's penalty percentages baked in and yeah. i'm not that that all all into it right so um that is what it is right so odegaard i think him and him and bruno actually have completely dropped off like on on xg yeah. um yeah. bruno yeah. i think has his career worst xg and bruno's actually someone who's very consistently averaged like 0.23 xg for his entire career uh per 90 and i think this season he's on 0.16 which is like a catastrophic drop off if you just think about yeah i mean the percentage drop off of that yeah, um, it's it's actually what do you think um, about that sorry. actually i'm just curious yeah exactly yeah so as people know that i'm a bruno zealot so i really like so i much, try to think of yeah absolutely so i was thinking about this and i think the, the, the this is the first time that he has had such an unstructured role in the team yes because yeah. if you look at the team under ole uh, the team was a disaster i think but it, he was a defined number 10 in that team yes yeah this season is the worst season like from his perspective where i've seen him chase every single like random balls down the channel on the right wing or trying to press by himself and not a single teammate is trying to press any of the opposition yeah so he's basically gassing himself out mm. at uh throughout the 90 minutes it's really weird what's happening to him this season because you can't just explain this away by saying oh um he's uh, playing badly yeah Th- there's so. something yeah. Uh, fundamental that is going wrong with the team which is affecting his output as well yeah and this so, is one of those instances where, of course, like with United, their their team XG really is at 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 sort of a rank that's you know not usual at all yeah, for the team. Yes. Like that, they're comfortably bottom half, which is that is quite a significant drop off. So I feel like and bottom three XGC, right? Bottom three or bottom four XGC? Yeah, somewhere around there for yeah. sure. Which is yeah, yeah, abysmal. But yeah, the thing about Bruno too, I suppose, is. Yeah, I think it, it comes down to ETH. You know, I remember when you when you had him in Solskjaer, like there were so many games where they're just playing end to end, and and he's basically always you know within touching distance of a tap in um, on the counter, yep. and and he's yep. a big part of that. Or of course, he's the player who sort of you know passes that sort of outlet ball to Rashford. But beyond that, like this season, you don't see him occupy good positions on the pitch at all, um, and. Part of that, of course, is United have just not really even gotten good positions. Um, but yeah, that's that's been really shocking. And I know our, our our lovely friend Priyansh, unfortunately, still owns Bruno Fernandes, um, and that's sort of been also sort of breaking, for example, his season apart slowly yeah. because yeah, it's so. I mean, it's so hard to to really imagine like we we really are there. Like like Bruno has basically worse XG than someone like Pascal Gross, who once again also fills multiple roles within his own team. Um, very often very supportive rules too, but still, you know, um, is able to crack enough shots in, in decent positions enough to actually have, I think, a slightly higher XG than Bruno. So, so Bruno's XA has also fallen off uh, has, quite yeah, a bit. A right? little bit, yeah. It has, yeah. So uh, so I think that is more indicative of the the problems in United's attacking style because yeah. 
normally what we depend on is his xa so if he gets a goal fine you know it's great but yeah. what we depend on is him getting assists consistently in the season and uh, from what i can remember all the points that he's gotten has been a decisive goal in the game like the winner yeah. against fulham the winner against burnley uh, it's not typical bruno style fpl returns and that That's clearly true. shows yeah very often yeah. we we would say you yeah. know to get triple bonus points bruno just needs to do just get one action right whereas yes. now if yeah. he let's say gets one action right he might not even be triple bonus points which just shows you yeah. i guess also how less dominant united are um in many actions on the pitch um yeah so that's absolutely. that's interesting um well let's just quickly move on yeah address the chat before we want yeah, to yeah let's just go to the chat so yeah. hello discomfort or kieran i hope you're doing well um i i see you've also enjoyed uh no stupian points like myself um <laughs> henry nice to see you around someone says thoughts on jesus's back band so a back band is when that. you get banned on csgo um which is hilarious by the way also yeah, a bit suspicious because how often do you get vac banned unfairly um that that's interesting well, well, so i thought it was because his character's name was jesus and that was like a religious thing that's not allowed or something no nah, i don't think so a vac ban is when someone for example it's an anti-cheat ban so um oh. sometimes what happens is people review uh your gameplay on yeah. csgo and um they might, for example, sort of be able to sort of make that decision that you've been cheating. Um, so, oh my you know, God. maybe J Jesus potential wall hacker. That's an interesting sort of narrative. Um, and <laughs> there are so many comments, by the way, where people are saying that, uh, like, you can't, like, he's not able to finish a, finish any chances. <laughs> that's why he's getting banned and stuff like that. It's hilarious on, yeah, on the, that's true. On the complaint. Yeah. Um, C says, sup, gang. He's looking at Jota. Which I think that's an interesting one because obviously, what's tough about Jota, I suppose, it really depends on what your plans are with Holland. Because you, you made a good point, like a lot of people who sort of saved up two free transfers ultimately still have to go SA to go into Holland, right? Um, because, for example, we've been invested into eight attacking players. But if you're, let's say, in the position where you still own Trent, for example, you can't stretch towards Jota. I know some people can because they sold Trent, um, but yeah, that that flexibility doesn't exist uh, for a manager who wants to go Jota and Haaland or or you have to take a hit. So um yeah, I, I I I'm not sure if I want to go Jota personally because I think it depends on it just depends on Haaland. If maybe I don't go Haaland at all, um and I have some plans around like, you know, in the future going, you know, without Haaland, then maybe I can consider Jota and just see him as like a bit of a placeholder for Salah. Um mm. but that's also booking transfers in advance. And I do have a lot of players unfortunately who are more than likely involved in a blank gaming twenty six. Um, so it's probably not a move that I, I, I like, um, because I suppose it throws my team into basically free hit 26 territory without me necessarily needing to do so. I mean, we still have a couple of game weeks until game week 26. So I, I, I'd prefer to save the free hit, um, for a later double game week personally. So, um, if I can avoid transfers that sort of lead me to the, towards that direction, I, I'd probably do so. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, we also have discomfort asking where can I access PSXG info. So I'm just going to put it in the chat. Yeah. So if you go on FBRF, you can find it for top five leagues. Uh, oh, plan awesome. was as a now think. Sorry, you said something. No, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Sorry. So C uh, Hunt says plan was as a now thinking him instead. So uh, we've talked about this off air. So I'm just going to reiterate the same thing. I don't think I'm considering Jota anytime soon unless uh, one of Diaz Gakpo. Darwin gets injured. 
because i still think even though similar to richarlison no nah, it's not similar to richarlison actually richarlison is much more secure in terms of his minutes but what i feel is if you already own him fair play you just going to play him every single week yeah but if you don't own him i feel like foden or eze are much more important to buy compared to someone like him so for example in my midfield i would have to do sala to jota in order to go to jota that's the only place left in my midfield but i would rather prefer maybe bringing trent back in so i'm trying to think of free transfers all the way up to the double game week so up and until double game week 25 i want to keep two free transfers for as many weeks as i can leading up to the double game week itself so you know if you already have two free transfers maybe you can look into that but i just don't see how you can prioritize him over foden over as a uh, i'm trying to think of if there is someone else who would be more pertinent uh, i was going to say puru fernandes but we just spent 10 minutes talking about how it's uh, not reasonable now to buy him so yeah. i'm not going to say him. i think generally um, as well in the midfield if you can hold and, and sort of wait transfer wise you can always wait for huang to come back from international duty um yes because he's such right. an amazing yes. okay. pick as well mm. yeah but yeah, yeah it's it's i think there's a lot of options still like for example it, i wouldn't fault someone for going gross at this moment in time even though you sort of passed yeah. up on the wolves game but um it just shows you i think our plans are still very much catered towards you know what is going on with, with holland and salah respectively and, and what are your plans around um you know gaming 25 for in specific right because that's such a good triple captaincy opportunity um you probably there's still want to go actually, one game there's actually something else that could scupper all the plans which is if uh, south korea play japan yeah in the first knockout round of the asia cup which i don't know if it's still going to happen i think it's the likeliest scenario but i don't know if it's still set in stone or not but if that happens and south korea get knocked out by japan uh, i think south korea would still be heavy favorites but just in case that happens so son then suddenly becomes a consideration for a short duration but then he blanks again so it's really a situation where you want to save up as many free transfers as you can i think that's right. the only thing that i'm trying to make sure moving forward but i understand the appeal is if he's going to keep playing and starting every single game uh okay so he's saying i wild carded in 20 yeah fair that's that, that was going to be the other uh, kind of caveat because yeah you are actually in a luxurious position because you already own walker you already own estupinian yeah sorry yeah, yeah no what's going on with the discord today should still be yeah. fine yeah yeah it's still fine so yeah exactly so jota can go to wang in 26 so if people have lot of disposable transfers in a sense because they already own all the players that people are trying to buy of course it makes sense to go for jota but i think there's a very uh, a very uh, there's a very what do you say very less minority i would say even in in minority terms it's very few people who are going to be in that luxurious position so if you are in that position fair play um henry says there must be people out there who started the season with gabriel didn't hear the benching leak then went to saliba and didn't get his 17 point there i was thinking yeah, exactly the same very, way, very when that happened. yeah That's exactly and you know us two could have also been in that situation very easily right because we heard the saliba news on time switched it then but if we hadn't we would have both owned gabriel uh, yeah. because we had him in, in our game week one team and then who knows maybe later down the line that leads to some uh, um, you know different decisions and somehow we end up with a team with raya and saliba yeah. or raya and zinchenko so 
yeah, it's really unlucky. Yeah, makes sense. Um, well, what's going on with Discord? Have you have you dropped off? I think we've lost JD right now. It's a shame. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're saying, do you think the meta will be too too Liverpool in twenty five? I mean, no, because you can always go double Liverpool defense, right? And and defenders are a little bit easier to bench, I suppose. Um, you can always go Allison too. Um, oh, which is sorry. not a bad idea. I, I don't know. Discord yeah, no problem. You, dis you disconnected yeah. for a moment. Um, yeah. But I mean, some interesting questions in terms of you know whether we just double up on Liverpool if d double give me twenty five happens. I suppose that's the assumption as well, right? Which mm. is not set in stone yet. Um, but I, I was just answering that actually. If you go, you know, through defenders, let's say like two defense or you know through Allison, you can always shield um, triple Liverpool from being so bad. I suppose. Um, outcome wise for your team and give me 26 um you know because let's say you allison you have dubrovka for example very likely you still have a keeper on give me 26 um things like that you could do that yeah, yeah um alternatively yeah. i think yeah my issue of course is i've got richarlison in my team right and and some people will be moving to richarlison but i also think he's such a short-term punt like he occupies what a jota sort of like position is on my team mm. otherwise i have like three blanking mids potentially which is just horrendous although maybe i should actually look at you know what what the benefit is of, of let's say going jota um and then even going towards sala and then actually just free hitting on 26 right because if let's say holland still isn't fit for gaming um for, for the next few for the next game week and gaming 22 in terms of starting versus burnley i i could always just invest into a strategy like that and knowing that i actually have chelsea players and i'm still confident in them um and for example i'd still be confident for example in let's say jota um you know in in the short term it could work out i could probably spend some time to invest look into that but of course it'll just depend on whether we get later news and that's probably something we'll reserve for next week's episode or ne not next week's yeah. episode but yeah. um our next episode where we have so the one question one question leading to this before we move on because we also have some stuff scheduled uh regarding our season review catch-up yeah so if you let's say find out that darwin is out uh, sorry, not Darwin. Uh, Holland is out for uh, next game week or let's yeah. say for the subsequent couple of game weeks. Would you recommend then recommend people to buy Darwin? Because then we kind of have a forward spot to uh, use, right? So how would that change your position on Darwin? Because you already own him, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Are, are we saying like, right, I guess it just, just depends on Alvarez. So it also depends on, let's say, what we think will happen to Holland in general. Like, is he not coming back to the team? Is he going to play like minutes here and there, or is he mm. coming back um, and he's going to be fully fit? Yeah, I think so. So, so for me, it's when I look at my team, like I think Watkins, he's a luxury transfer, so I'm not going to spend time thinking about him. Um, but maybe I can also. It, it also comes down to Slanky as well. So that Man City forward spot, I, I I suppose it really just depends on whether you want to keep that spot within your team, because as long as Alvarez mm. seems like he can get good minutes. You almost have to save a spot for him. So when I look at your team, like, would I go Darwin? Potentially not. Maybe maybe through Watkins. I guess Watkins would have to be expendable um, yeah. in that situation. Um, but we we but but yeah, obviously, if it seems like Alvarez's minutes is dicey and it's he's going to share them with Holland for whatever reason, um, then we're probably going to have to to go through Alvarez. But ultimately, I think we're still going to keep a Man City forward spot. Um, so maybe yeah, as I said, Watkins is the most expendable. 
Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, as Fran already mentioned, we'll get a lot more information when we uh, stream next week or in the next episode uh, later this week. So, hopefully, we can structure uh, topics around uh, the future kind of planning. So, we can move on to probably the season review. Yeah, which, yeah, uh, sure. Let's go for it. So, these are our um, predicted slash realized performance chat charts from FPL Optimized. Um, and you know the, the the beauty of these charts is you can obviously see that we've had positive variance, but at the same time, I'd also say um, it might not be fully reflective of the sort of skill that we might have displayed this season because ultimately this is based on pre-deadline minutes, which means obviously, for example, like for myself this week, um, I got ninety minutes from Darwin, so that's something that wouldn't really be reflected in terms of you know my my, my variance uh, being you know accurately judged and for yourself. Um, very similar situations as well. So what do you think about um, your chart so far? Maybe let's go through yours. Yeah, so as you can see, there was kind of a plateauing of positive variance after a bit. Yeah. And not even plateauing, I would say that it's, it's in negative, a sense, it's negative. It's negative because obviously you're, you're gaining more Exactly. I'm gaining the, more the on expected example. versus the, the, uh, the actual point. So you're right, absolutely. Yeah. So that is actually indicative of how i've been feeling as i said for let's say 10 12 game weeks because i've just been moving between 12 and 18k and that kind of shows in this chart and uh, because the, the upper part of the chart is the descriptive bit that makes sense and good to see that expected value is sort of catching up but also i wish it were catching up when my realized points are also moving upwards and not because the realized points are now plateauing because that's what has been happening for exactly. the yeah. majority of the season. So yeah, yours looks much better, I guess. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, your. I think the last two weeks are primarily responsible. If I uh, is it the last week? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think just honestly, just this week. Because yeah. because as we said, like a, a lot of the these weeks, you know, from an analytics point of view, I think we've seen a huge surge in terms of rank, right? And so you're yep. seeing a lot of people talk about, you know, the analytics league in general um, being the most competitive mini league, like public mini league in the world. And it, it makes sense that, you know, us two sort of analytically minded players are, are gaining a lot versus the the prime sample, but then also sort of having, because e even when you get, when you get that, you don't necessarily need amazing positive variance to, to still beat the field, right? As, as long as you actually yep. have a, a team that's, you know, going to overperform. Um, from an expectation point of view, that's fine technically. So I've been fortunate that this week I I, I got both effectively, um, which is yep. nice. And it, it's interesting too because obviously you you I I basically made zero gains seemingly until Game Week Eight wildcard. So that's where my season, you know, properly got started. Um, and that's always a, an interesting sort of thing. But I I obviously started off really hot with Game Week Three. That's where I sort of immediately jumped up with variance, um, then continued with Alvarez. But it's been like um, pretty sort of up and down, as you can see within my charts, even though let's say steadily I've been gaining um, EV and sort of, I think, leading my my squad towards the general direction. That's good. Keep in mind, of course, I still have cash in my team and still I've been able to grab EV. So, you know, um, you don't necessarily need 15 players, I suppose. 14 will do. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's sort of been my season so far. And, and yeah, just a lot of luck last week, I suppose, and and a nice captaincy swing, which um, you probably haven't enjoyed much of the season. So if we look yeah, at Yeah, I the... think captaincy has been, yeah, absolutely. If you can go to the next graph. 
Yeah. Well, the, the next draft is actually my yeah. uh, point distribution per event type, um, but it'll probably be a little bit different to yours, and we can look at yours in a moment. In general, obviously, I, I don't probably have the, the greatest minutes on average. Like, it's around 84, which isn't lovely. I, I do think that a lot of them are sort of impacted by red cards within the season. I only have one red card within my actual team, which was Gusto. Um, but I can remember, for example, Richarlison being subbed off for Basuma uh, because of you know Basuma's mistake, um, Julian Alvarez being subbed off because of Rod Rodri's mistake. Um, as instances where I've definitely lost minutes, you know, to my to sort of to my understanding unfairly. And then you obviously have some injuries, like for example, Haaland versus Bournemouth, which I think a lot of people, a lot of us enjoyed. Um, and to be fair, if I was looking back at my minutes recently and I had to reflect on skill. Um, I think like Colwell for me has been absolutely terrible um, because there's been many instances where he's been an early sub and I think Poch has shown even, you know, ultimately with his squad where he has like six to seven deep defenders and, and, and not much right back depth that Colwell is someone who can be subbed off early. Um, so if I had to look at mistakes, I'd probably say I'd look at that. Otherwise, I don't think there's anything crazily interesting about, you know, my season so far. I probably have been neglectful of, of choosing good goalkeepers or at least good goalkeepers from good defensive teams so not surprised that my goals conceded is still rather high um you know i i've been sort of investing into players like Ariola and, and turner and sort of saving money to sort of afford slightly more robust structures or not robust structures but actually more um um static and rigid structures actually instead um, so it sort of forced me into the the sort of territory where I have to sort of get to Bravka, and I've been owning keepers who've been very cheap. But we've also been blessed by things like Dubravka as well. Ultimately, access to Newcastle keeper, goalkeeper, regardless of how bad they are, um, has been sort of very nice and a, a bit of an advantage for people who've sort of chosen to spend that money on Allison and Ederson for you know much more sort of lucrative prices. Um, other than that, um, maybe if we just compared quickly towards yours. Um, you've got much better minutes yeah. than me, 85 minutes on yeah, average, yeah, yeah. Um, but no red cards. Um, and I think I also have one extra own goal, which was just Matty Cash once again, one of my favorite players, of course. Um, <laughs> but how do you feel about your season from just looking at yeah, your point so, distribution? As you said, most of the things here are descriptive and we really can't deep dive into any of that because these just events. I think minutes are the most important thing that I use out Absolutely. of this because... Uh, even though it is after the fact, it helps me understand uh, a trend of if my minutes on average are going up or down. Yeah. Of course, it takes a lot of time for the accrued minutes to sort of reflect. So if, if I, let's say I'm making bad choices in game week 21, 22, I won't understand till game week 30 because it takes some time for the average to go down uh, by a significant margin. So there's that. But Overall, I think minutes are okay. I would have loved for them to be higher because I think last season I had higher uh, minutes for, per player on average. Yeah. I feel we have injuries so, this season that have yes. been more impactful from FPL, not necessarily from yeah, a yeah. sports science point of view, but just yeah, the reality of Holland injuries. Exactly. Like, like, like the Holland captaincy basically twice. So you basically got two exactly. times yeah. uh, nerfed on, on minutes there. Plus, uh, Estupinian also contributed this week because yeah. he got subbed uh, pretty early in the game. Uh, just, I mean, 10 minutes after the 60-minute mark, so that's good. Uh, apart from that, I'm trying to think... So, uh, we were talking off-air and you mentioned Alvarez. I also was a recipient of that. 
when Rodri got red carded, Alvarez I think got we were sent. unfortunate with Eze once as well. Yeah. Eze, um, Eze yeah. as well. Eze as well. I, I think one of those was a risk that I took willingly, which was mm-hmm. the game that he... Uh, so he was subbed on for nine minutes like uh, when he came back from injury. And then there was the game where I did not know if he was going to start or not. So I took a risk and he was benched. He came on for 20 minutes, uh, did not score game one point. But that severely impacted my season, I think, in terms of uh, MD. So when hopefully review MD comes out in eight days right. or seven days, uh, that is going to show that that my EV has been... Uh, not that great this season. So okay. uh, let's see. Let's see where we are with that. I, th- I think you're pretty safe on minutes. If I was actually looking back at mine and think about why there's such a golf, I think also owning Darwin has been part of that too. Because sometimes when when you when you knowingly like invest into a player who doesn't necessarily need to play 90 minutes to sort of be a, a sort of positive EV transfer, you know, hindsight or foresight wise, I think that's that's something that that you can look at as well and just be cognizant that you know I'm investing to a player that. Um, is still good, let's say, if he just plays 80 minutes a game, and that's fine, right? I, w- I would obviously have my average minutes lower, but if, if you're, for example, able to secure, let's say, Darwin on average for 80 minutes a game, or Richarlison, for example, is another good example of, of a player like that, where you can see his MD, when, when he just plays at least 75, 80 minutes, is already very, very high, you know, for, for yeah. a player of that sort of price yeah. point. So if you're investing into players like that, then I think it, it, it also, you know, you, you can be a bit more lenient with yourself in terms of uh, minutes, as long as they're getting starts and, and actually playing, you know, at least 65, 70 minutes. Um, but obviously if you're starting to own, own a player and, and he's getting benched uh, here and there and very capable, for example, of being subbed off early, then that's a different sort of situation. So I think part of that, of course, is just, you need to look back at, at, at um, decisions. And as you said, for example, one of the, as a weeks could have been a mistake, could have, one could have just been taking a risk where you had a bad player anyways. Um, and sometimes those risks are, are worth taking. So, um, but yeah, I, that's an interesting thought. Let's move on yeah, quickly exactly. towards the next graphic. So this is sort of where I was intonating with the captaincies, but we, we all know you've had a pretty bad season captaincy wise. Um, Cause I, I think I remember being in a group chat with you and everyone was sharing their captaincy scores and, and you seemingly had the lowest captaincy score by a fair margin. Um, and part of that is because you, you've captained Sun at the wrong times, uh, despite owning Sun very early. And it's, it didn't, yeah, so it didn't I was going to mention that. Yeah. yeah, I was going to mention that for X minutes as well. Uh, sorry, not X minutes, but actual minutes as well, because the week I captained Sun the first time was against Sheffield and yeah. uh, Sheffield United, and he got subbed off at around mm, 80 minutes. That's a good point. Yeah. So that is another, like, because it's still below the average of each player that I have accrued at this point, it's still contributed to bringing the average down by whatever small margin it is. Yeah. So as you said, uh, Captain Son all at all the wrong times whenever he blanked. <laughs> Captain Salah most of the wrong times whenever he's blanked, I yeah. think. Uh, Captain Alvarez when he just got a goal and then Salah absolutely hauled even though he missed a penalty. So it's actually been really bad this season in terms of captaincy. But as I told you, um, being 16k OR and having really bad captaincies just means that the process is maybe not bad, but if if I could get even more lucky than I have been already, that could that would help certainly. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's interesting that you have so many clean sheets. I remember you got a clean sheet versus Man City with Gabriel. So that, no Saliba. Saliba. Oh Saliba. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that, that's cool. I mean, yeah. my captaincy probably just flew up this week, really, with Palmer. Because I can't, I can't imagine that I've had m- much better captaincies. I think this season has been pretty, been pretty timid. 
for those taking like a an, an EV approach. No, I really think from if captaincies. we compare our captaincies, I think there are three big ones that I can Some remember. Ones, one is yeah. Holland, Holland against West Ham. Uh, yeah. Even though he did, score which a lot of people did, goal. captain Holland for as well. Just, just, yes. uh, just to flag, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the second one was uh, when you captain Salah against Brighton for his two goals. And the third one is, uh, which one was I thinking of? Oh, all oh, right. Right, because you went, one. did you go Sterling that week? Was it? Or... No, I went. Um, was it Son? I, I think it was Son. I think oh, it was Son. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah, so that was the second one. And I, oh, for the life of me, I forgot the third one. Oh, this well, week. Well, this yeah. week, yeah. This week, yeah. But I think the interesting yeah. thing, of course, is this is, this week is the one where I think versus the crowd, I've made a decision. Um, that ended up getting a really good outcome for me. But then for, for you, I think you've just been much worse off even versus some of the elite field just because of the way your team has been a little bit different, right? For example, I only saw the captain because I wildcarded on eight. You were a wildcard tenor, therefore you missed yeah. the Salah captaincy on that week, which wasn't anything other than the fact that you captained, you know, your positive EV captain. Maybe some people captained Bruno Fernandes that week as well. And that didn't yes. go well either. Yes. Um, yes. So yes. things like that do happen. And it's also a bit of luck in terms of where, you know, you play your chips suddenly because it just suddenly just dramatically changes outcomes. Like, you know, if for whatever reason we, we couldn't access Alvarez, you know, last week, for example, I mean, we'd be yeah. flying, but things like that do tend to happen. So um, it's, un it's, um, it is FPL, sadly. <laughs> All right. So the next chart yeah, is, uh, sorry, yeah. go on. No, I was going to say, other than that, most of the other parts of the graph are kind of similar. So, yeah, uh, no, nothing much to talk about. So, yeah, um, please go ahead. Relative gain. So, this is my team. Um, you, you might actually think that I'm a closet Chelsea fan. Potentially, I am because they've been very good to me from an FPL point of view. Um, I have Colwell here. I've got Palmer as well, recently after the captaincy. Um, Gusto on the bench. And Sterling, who I literally... Probably only enjoyed one true good game week four, but it was an absolutely amazing game week to own him for. Um, just because the effective ownership that week, I think, was sub 5%, which was, you know, amazing when you own a brace like that. But I look at people who get Martini and, and I realize that, wow, you can just get the job done within, um, you know, basically 20 minutes of football. So, um, no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> Sterling, so Sterling's been nice. Looking back at Diaby, I think we've already talked about Diaby and Bumo. Such a mistake for myself, and, and I'll happily sort of put my hands up. Um, that that's been a genuine mistake for me this season from a decision-making yeah, point same. of view. Um, same, just same. too much ego and not enough respect to models because there wasn't a single model that basically told me it was a good decision to drop Mbuma on a wild card. Yeah. Um, certainly yeah. to, certainly to maybe consider both, um, but definitely not to drop Mbuma. So uh, that's my that's my fault. Oh, uh, that's where we lost X minutes. Uh, that's why we lost actual minutes. Oh, that's true. Absolutely. was churning 90s and Diaby... Even though Diaby got 13 points against Luton, yeah. he was subbed off, I think, earlier. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I think Diaby is probably actually still my worst mistake um, this season as, as a singular yeah, transfer. Same. I mean, like, I can say cash, but I think that's very hind hindsighty. Um, yeah. But Diaby for sure wasn't even foresight optimal. Like, sorry, wasn't even hindsight optimal. And I just decided um, that I thought I could see the future. And and, and very clearly, I, I couldn't. Um, <laughs> And when I look at my team, I think Poro, if, if I have to be honest, like I was very fortunate with wildcard eight where I went into Poro. I think that was obviously a, a decision that a lot of people made because I, I had probably a little bit more money than some of the other managers. So I had the chance to go Poro and I thought there was actually a genuine upside to going Poro. But I think that Madison injury really has been the huge difference between 
Poro being as good as he is versus like, um, you know, someone like Yudogi who, even though he's he's active in open play, we've seen Yudogi score a goal, for example, like literally within tap and distance. But Poro, I think, has effectively maybe three or four assists from set pieces, which he would definitely not have access to with Madison. And it'll be interesting to see what what happens when, when Madison comes back because Poro has been so good um, from some of the corners and from some of those sort of short distance free kicks that it, it would be interesting to see if they kind of share them. Um, but I don't know if that, because things like that change, right? For example, we saw Estupian on corners, but of course he's Yeah, got, that he, was really yeah, that, surprising. That's, yeah. that's interesting information, which is nice also for Estupian owners um, because you can see that in, in such a boring game like that, that kind of bonus is is so important because even though he got two bonus points, the reality is playing 70 minutes um, and, and getting two bonus points is, for me, a, a huge, huge win, particularly oh, yeah. considering that Brighton didn't actually even lose their clean sheet. So there was nothing... Like, like there were players like Dunk or Steele, obviously Steele ended up outscoring us to be on, but there were more than enough, there was more than enough time for Brighton players to actually, you know, pick up more bonus and they weren't able to do so versus to be on. So shows you the, the impact when a defender actually has um, access to things that actually easily grab you bonus. Um, when I look back at the rest of my team, I think Darwin, I've, I've owned him for an extremely long time. So I feel like it doesn't even feel like a particular win. Um, oddly though, I think players like Luke and, and, and as I said, critic, they own Darwin before me and I think they no longer own Darwin potentially. Um, so I, I, I feel very bad for them that they haven't been able to, to celebrate a double digit sort of haul from Darwin. Um, that feels very fortunate, but it also feels like a little bit of redemption for me getting absolutely wrecked by Slanky a couple of weeks back, uh, when he ruined my Christmas. So that's that. And Watkins. Considering how long I've owned him, considering that I've captained him as well, him being on the bench just shows you like he he's been so boring and Saka as well. I mean, yeah, he's nowhere yeah. to be found. So um, basically, we have to just wait until Saka and Watkins get mass sold before we can actually enjoy them. And and I, I, I sort of eagerly await for that day and for that gaming to come. And hopefully that will give us some relative gains in the future. What about your team? Yeah, so w one thing to discuss is when we did the season review last time around uh, a point that Fran uh, brought up is that his team didn't look particularly different from when we did the first season review which mm -hmm. was I think yeah. game week 8 or something exactly yeah uh, and and that is kind of an indication not necessarily true every single time but it is an indication of if not a lot of players have changed in your team it means that whatever players you have brought in and haven't they just, haven't done, haven't done really business, much yeah. for you yeah so that is the case for my team this time around yeah. because my team is the starting 11 is exactly the same what it was i think 10 weeks back so that is helped by <laughs> the fact crazy. that alvarez has been the number <laughs> nine for man city and has played every single game so um that was kind of a bonus so he managed to stay there but i think fernandes mbumo sterling Trippier, Maguire, Saliba, and Onana being there is absolutely wild because I haven't owned any of them since Wildcard 10. Yeah, yeah, I haven't owned one, two, three. Uh, Embumo, obviously, I sold after the injury against Luton, but uh, Sterling, Fernandes, Trippier, Saliba, and Onana. Uh, no, uh, Trippier, I think I sold uh, one or two weeks later, but. Uh, on the whole, it's been a lot of game weeks since I've sold all of them and they're still very much on, on the starting 11. So maybe a little bit concerning. Uh, Solanke being 6.2 is just criminal because uh, as you asked me about Eze and people owning the player 
when you have already owned him for a long time, there's a similar thing happened before Nottingham Forest. I don't know what prompted a lot of people to suddenly buy Solanke. I think because the, Har- I didn't the, think Harlan, was... the Harlan injury, really. Ah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, 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 fair, fair. But, I mean, that was kind of um, the worst possible outcome, I think, in terms of people owning uh, Solanke. And, of course, you got further punished because of that because you know if he yeah. had been a differential i would have enjoyed his points and you would not have been punished as much and it would have been an even bigger win for both of us i mean not a win for you but not you know bigger loss for you so in terms of that yeah i, I just need to uh hope for other players to show up in this now and i think his opinion could show up in this if he uh stays fit because i think the fixtures are are fantastic uh, so yeah hoping foden is opinion start showing up in this yeah, well, I'm with you with Foden, but not so much with SPN. Yeah. We'll see, of course. <laughs> uh, maybe there's a chance that I actually transfer him, but I, I find it hard. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, before we um, close up for today, I was searching for this graphic. You mentioned um, analytics in terms of performances and how the season had started off kind of rough for analytics in general. Yeah. And uh, I was looking at, uh, I was trying to find uh, F underscore analytics uh, weekly yep. graph where he publishes uh, the performance of LA to 1K. And the rank this season, uh, average rank of LA to 1K compared to last season is actually half. So 2023-24, game week 20 uh, rank is, average rank is 155K. And last season it was 308K and LA to 1K finished at 53K from 308K. So if it is already at 155K, I am not saying that it's going to happen in the same way, but you can see a similar progression happening uh, in terms of uh, uh, sort of convergence of all like-minded managers as we as we uh, approach maybe double game weeks and and so on and so forth. I think we but can expect that though, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like we we started the season off saying that there's not going to be a lot of um, you know, there's not going to be a lot of double game weeks that they're not going to yep. be so erratic. Yep. But actually, we've just gone straight back into that. We've got random suspensions. Um, that will create some doubles and inevitably, for example, yeah, I, I just can't see us losing ground from a median point of view, at least in terms of rank. Like it, it's the only way up is here. Like for, for, for example, as someone who wasn't deeply into analytics a few years ago, I always found this to be the hardest part of the season anecdotally. Like it's very yep, hard yep. to plan for without models and solvers and the models and solvers also make it so clear for you, um, you know, how you're going to lose out versus the rest of the field if you're not planning ahead and thinking about, you know, fixture probabilities and things like that. The interesting thing, of course, is going to be, you know, when we get information, right? Because a lot of us managers now maybe might be holding more transfers or like you, for example, are holding money in the bank so that you can actually sort of, you know, be flexible um, in a certain way. But if the information comes too late, then maybe, of course, you know, our ability to plan is going to be a little bit more um, hamstrung. But it just means that we instead of let's say prioritizing short-term transfers within these this sort of single to, to double gaming period we get to um hopefully you know have some reasonably sort of well thought out chip strategy as well and and that's also very useful too like being able to just see you know what your team would really look like um 12 game weeks at a time knowing that you're going to play a free hit for example it's it's very hard for just even like my own mind to conceptualize yes of course you can have a model in your head and you can have expectations of points running through your head but it is very very hard to plan uh like that and obviously why not make use of those tools when you can um interesting questions in chat which probably jump into them i think uh sian is asking 
um about mistakes this season um i'll go first yeah we as you said in chat diaby for diaby for both of us yeah um i think for me in terms of wildcard eight maybe i was jump like i i think i was too aggressive with um investing into colwell because that was a trans well yeah i i think maybe i didn't actually know that colwell was going to have such a fragile spot in the team um but i was very confident in his minutes but that was almost six to seven game weeks before he was actually useful for me so i knew that eventually with the sort of five defenders that i had that i could afford to have four defenders you know with maddie cash having a lot of good fixtures in the short term and then eventually colwell would carry my team from ev point of view but i think looking back um investing into a player who's going to only be useful for me like seven to eight gamings down the line was definitely a little bit too much of you know looking maybe into forward projections and, and just thinking that people's expense are absolutely safe um and, and who knows maybe chowell could have for example came back earlier so I, when i think about things like that um that does scare me about thinking about that although i don't think i've been hurt too much for example this week i, I still benefited from a cobalt clean sheet um other decisions i've made that i don't like um i can't quite remember but i'll probably actually have a look at my team game week to game week so i can sort of remind myself of decisions that i'm not so happy with um oh um so he also hunt also says they there were 1 million wild cards last week yeah i saw that but also that didn't i mean i didn't yeah. i didn't think that mattered too much because well, i think those well, players rank, are already way right yeah way behind us in any case so uh, but yeah it's always good to see the field making some optimal decisions um <laughs> i i'll say one one great thing that uh, <laughs> i want to recommend people because i am one of the biggest proponents of bench wankery there is uh i know there is like sam from um what's what's their report as a sports science so fpl sports science uh fpl sports science analytic fpl or simon i think are also a big proponents of of uh, the concept i think one of the biggest things that i found out this week was that whatever i was thinking in terms of oh you know that 17 point from gabriel is going to bring me up didn't actually happen so that is one thing that you should be ready for is that whatever you think is going to happen in terms of auto subs is not necessarily the outcome you uh, get so you could actually be left with a feeling of disappointment rather than if you just played them from the beginning you would not have this situation arise in the first place so that is one thing of uh, one word of caution that i would uh, give in terms of in the uh, you know benching players and starting non non starters or non non players that's fair i think i've just been looking back at my season and i i i think yeah it just it's diaby and then also maybe when i'm crafting a wild card you you know i i am sort of like this as well i like to be very cute with my wild cards i do think that you got room for a punt so for example um you know when i went with charles on gaming kate i still don't regret it personally i don't think it was the wrong decision um it was the wrong decision you know from a foresight point of view but um I, i i like sort of booking it upon also just because i i know from an analytics point of view like my wild cards will have 15 players um probably 14 i i definitely had 15 players so compared to other people who went taylor for example um i've carried five players all time arguably now it's 14 because maddy cash isn't a serious fpl asset um but looking back yeah i i i like booking in a punt although you could also argue um Matthew Rasson was always going to be a force transfer because when i think back Madison a lot of people want Madison and and they knew Madison was a placeholder for Saka so no complaints about that i think we we all booked in a transfer there 
um yeah i don't think i made serious mistakes I, I i i'm looking at some of the the weeks where i have you know yes yes of course you can have crazy players on bench i never really regret them because i'm always comfortable with the decisions i make that are 50 50s maybe darwin uh maybe watkins to darwin um arguably um no come on i don't no, know that, i don't know it's, it's been redeemed to... it's been redeemed nah, it's been exactly redeemed. first of all that um, and second of all, I think with the information that you had and also the fact that you had two free transfers at that time, it was a no-brainer. Anyone who had two free transfers would have... Done I didn't have two free transfers. I didn't have two free you transfers. Didn't. Yeah. No, wait, 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 wait. What was the scenario? Because I didn't have a transfer. That's why I kept... I, I, I think you, you wildcarded on 10, so you probably almost had a you you might have been a transfer up on me in that stage of the season. But I, oh, I did it with one free transfer. But I, I I also knew that I had a good bench for that week, so I think I, ironically I had um, um, a strong bench on that week as well. I think I, I probably benched Gordon or something like that. Um, but yeah, that wasn't a week that I was super proud of the move. But I also think maybe it, there's there was a huge sort of taste of hindsight with Watkins doing well um, that that might have colored that judgment there. Maybe it's not a exactly. mistake. I don't think so. Um, exactly. I, I think yeah. DIB, as you said, for me, DIB is definitely the one mistake because um, yeah. we had intense discussions. Actually, going back on that, I think that. Darwin actually had really poor minutes over the next two, three game weeks. So I think I have to say it's it wasn't the best decision. So I'd call it like a half mistake. Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah. Okay, fair. So, but so it, it, it's actually what, paid yeah. out long term, which is like one of those things where even from an analytics point of view, like I think we can always admit that sometimes a transfer just turns out a lot better than you imagined. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's I've not captured of... by positive variance yeah. anywhere because Salah being injured for a month has but, no and, bearing yeah. now. I know. On... I also knew that Salah would, would be at AFCON, right? So yes, it's, it's been a yes. transfer that sort of you know was pre-booking a, a Liverpool attacker. Um, so I guess I've been paid paid handsomely for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so maybe that's not a mistake. Uh, yeah, yeah. maybe not selling does. cash and... for a hit, you know, for for Virgil Van Dyke's header. No, I'm just kidding. I'm making a joke there because I think Jack did that and it worked out really well. Um, yeah. and I'm salty about that still. Um, but shout out Jack if he gets to watch this episode yeah. back. I I think DRB for me is the worst because um, clearly we had a discussion in wildcard group chats and I was adamant that his fixtures were really bad because he had Chelsea and then Arsenal, I think. And he, then he, the and good Bumo, right? Yeah. yeah, he did have and this. Bumo. Yeah, and of course he just destroyed and, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, he destroyed Chelsea. Uh, fortunately, Diaby matched him that week. Yes, but that meant that we both of us wasted one free transfer for no reason because everyone owned Mbumo. Everyone got all the price rises out of him. We did not get a single price rise out of Diaby. Yeah. So in, all in all, it was just everything about that move was just bad. Uh, I don't know if that free transfer would have helped me because I think I might have made maybe a bad move because of that free transfer or something maybe suboptimal or just because I had one free transfer I might have um, committed to a short-term punt or something like that mm. but also uh, just from an EV perspective it's just really bad uh, it's just I, I one thing I realized is the whole reason I stopped looking at just fixtures is because of situations like these so I just looked at Chelsea and Arsenal and I thought, nah, okay, I'm going to take a punt on DRB who has uh, Luton and I think it was uh, Nottingham Forest or something like that. So clearly the whole reason we use review is fixtures are not the be-all and end-all and review has taken care of everything for us. Yes. So, yeah. you know, we, we can look at odds. I'm not opposed to looking at odds. And we odds, always, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We always talk about how odds are 
different from uh, reviews uh, md values and we try to make have a balanced out, output or uh, uh, the take on that but in this case is clearly a, a really bad move in foresight hindsight uh, every single every yeah, single outcome for me as well cuz yeah i definitely did not enjoy the um yeah you did not even get the burnley hall nope. that i got so that was that was even worse i think yeah yeah that was tough yeah yeah but anyway your 6k now uh, so yeah, hopefully that won't have any bearing on on how your season pans yeah. out you know yeah. one thing i like to say too is i think now that we've gotten this far into the season and we sort of posted up a good rank obviously wildcard 2 is going to drive our squads in, in in very vastly different directions but i think definitely you know with with like an analytics approach this is still once again your your bread and butter of the season like th- this this is the part of the season where you're expected to make those kind of crazy gains um as people sort of you know are short-termist ignore blanks and doubles accordingly ignore sound chip strategy and maximizing points through that um from an expected approach um so i i still think yeah like we're we're in ludicrously good positions um even though i know for you you've been yo-yoing around your rank territory like i i just think we just have to be cognizant of how lucky we've been like even just analytics as a field in general like as you said our median rank has, has halved and, and there's nothing really so far that's happened where we would, I mean, our, our sort of almost blind edge, um, you know, versus the sort of casual bunch would, would have been you know, shown, um, you know, and borne out in terms of these doubles and, and, and based on the information that we're going to get, hopefully before this deadline, which probably won't happen and might not happen. Um, but yeah, it's on onwards and upwards here. So let's just not ruin our wild card twos. Um, I think is the the sentiment. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just so that everyone knows, we the pod later this week. Yeah, we will try to capture all the information that we get from the cup fixture. So we'll try to schedule the pod for as late as possible, so that we have all the information available. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, really fun stream. Really casual stream. Uh, you know, not many topics in mind, just trying to catch up with everyone and uh, letting everyone know that we are still here. And yeah, we are still alive. Planning yeah. on, exactly. We are planning on, I mean, Fran lets them know via his own channel. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. But it was important for me to let people know that, you know, I'm I'm alive as well. So yeah, um, hopefully we'll be back uh, later this week. Thank you for joining us today. If you like the content, subscribe. Uh, on podcasting platforms, we'll try to get this out as soon as possible. Um, so follow us there. Leave a five-star review if you can. And yeah, see you next uh, later this week. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good week.